Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, Yeah, you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues that are vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though, and so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth, and then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Uh, we've been ha- we've been having a great time, you know. Really, uh, you know, putting out a bunch of these shows, you know, pretty much one every single day. Um, just just as like an announcement, uh, we are going to have uh, Mindy Robinson on. She'll be on on Monday, so that's going to be a really uh, fun, interesting uh, conversation coming up on Monday, talking all things politics. All the good controversial stuff that uh, you're never supposed to talk about. I'm sure we'll be getting into. Um, and then, and then also a reminder as well. We do have our plugged in program. Um, so, that's, so that's our membership program that we have here with the GK. Uh, it's either ten dollars a month or you can pay a hundred dollars for the year, um, and that will get you access to exclusive content. So things like uh, our Destroy Social Justice Conference that we put on, the recording of that will be in there. My talk, as well as Sam Jones' talk for the from the Stand Against Marxism conference, will be in there. You get thirty percent off of everything in the GK store. You get our weekly devotional, a lot more perks, a lot more things coming along uh, down the road. So make sure you guys check that out. Go to GatekeepersOnline.com/slash/pluggedin. If you sign up for the annual mem- the annual membership, you will get a copy of our book, Social Injustice, absolutely free. So uh, check that out again, gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Uh, I've been really looking forward to, to, to uh, today's show. Uh, we're bringing in a good friend of mine, Tommy Lee Thomas. He's an actor, writer, filmmaker, producer, all, you know, everything within uh, the faith-based, uh, you know, filmmaking world. Uh, but really glad to, you know, have you on the show, Tommy, and glad we could connect and, and do this. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, of course. And you know, and I th- and I think it'll it'll be interesting too to to kind of talk about the the Christian side of the entertainment world because um, mm-hmm. I because th- I think a lot of times like you know Christians, especially you know maybe you know not in California, but maybe the Midwest or the South, the different parts of the country, they don't really right. understand it all. They just see all of Hollywood as all bad, and they just kind of like turn it all off. It's like well. There's some believers that are that are out here that are you know doing something and, and it's and it's pretty cool to talk about. So, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's uh, making movies of any kind is always very difficult. So when you when you aspire to try and tell a story that shares faith, you can really get hit by the enemy. So yeah, definitely. And and what what I want to do as well is, is start out and give you a chance to share your testimony and like how God okay. saved you and kind of go through that a little bit. And again, it gives people the chance to get to know you a little bit as well. Well, you're presuming I'm actually saved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, well, 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 which I am, which I am. Yeah. One would assume, I, a little bit of a joke there, one would assume uh, if I'm making Christian movies that I'm saved, and that would be a true assumption. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
I um I grew up in a semi you know Christian home, and um, I uh, my my mother was a Christian, still is a Christian. My dad was a sometime Christian. That's what I like to say. And so I was exposed to uh, the things of God from pretty much day one. Uh, we went to church a lot, pretty much every Sunday, every Sunday night, uh, a lot of times when I was growing up. But I guess depends on how you really look at it. I would say that I, I officially got saved where you go down to the altar uh, and dedicate your life to the Lord. And, you know, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, quote unquote, when I was like um, nine years old. So pretty young. Uh, and but, you know, you grow up, you can become a teenager and you get into different things, which I never got into the anything like drugs or anything like that. I got into bodybuilding when I was a teenager because I was an overweight kid from Texas. And so um, instead of getting into drugs, I got into bodybuilding. And so at 16, I really dedicated my life to the Lord at that point and on, on a more serious level where I, you know, uh, as they say, got filled with the Holy Spirit and all that. And so um, anyway, um, never really veered away from that. Um, so to answer your question, mm -hmm. to answer that one specific question, I was nine when I got saved, but really 16 when I became, you might say, of age and and dedicated to God. Yeah, to yeah. The Lord. yeah, for sure. And, and then what got you into filmmaking and uh, and into that whole world? You know, that's a that's a good question. I think um, I was always interested in, in uh, movies like so many people uh, growing up as a kid. I didn't we didn't have like a lot of extra money. We had almost no extra money. And so we were we were kind of uh, my dad was a school teacher who was also a principal and he had a hard time, you know, staying in one place. So we moved around from town to town a lot. So the movies were sort of an escape for me and sort of a, a way that I could kind of keep sanity and moving from all these different places. Go the movies and you'd have your imagination um i remember seeing a film called superman the movie in 1978 when i was a little bitty kid and that was really really caught my attention i lo remember looking back and seeing the projector in the movie theater and at the after the movie was over and i see the way it would just the projector would like shoot down the image onto a big screen i was very very interested in that and so um Always interested in that. Star Wars was a big film, you know, that was really, really interesting to me. Now owned by your favorite studio in the world, Disney. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. That works out. Um, but really started wanting to kind of think about doing movies um, as a career when I became more of a teenager, like 15 years old. And, um, you know, a couple of years before that, uh, Sylvester Stallone, who is a big uh, hero of mine, he had made... Um, Rocky Four, and that was in 1985. And I had this, I had the chance to meet Sylvester Stallone um, about two years ago, and for the first time, and in, in Beverly Hills, actually where you and I had lunch. Oh yeah, yeah. Cafe Rome. Yeah. And uh, Stallone was there, and I got to tell him how much he meant to me. And and I saw Rocky Four in 1985, and that really changed my life because he wrote it, he directed it, he played the lead role, and. For me, role playing as a kid was always very, very interesting. What I love to do, uh, and so as a hey, I can write stories. I and so my brother Alan, who helped me, he was very, very instrumental in helping me. We got a uh, a video camera we rented from the video store. They they had a chain called Family Home Video back in the day, mm -hmm. where they had these big VHS tapes. You may recall all that. Yeah. And. Um, they also would rent the video camera. So we rented the video camera. We'd have our friends come over. I'd write the script, and we start shooting our own home movies. So that's what we that's what we did for fun. But we would make like feature feature length 
uh, home movies on video camera. And then we would invite our friends over to the pizza parlor who were in the movie, and we would have like a premiere. So that's how it all kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, I really want to be an actor. So um, I decided I would get an agent. I'm from Dallas, Texas. And um, I decided I would get a talent agent. And, and one of my friends, uh, uh, Jason London, who was uh, he was in The Man in the Moon. He's been in all kinds of films. His brother was on Party of Five for many years. Jason and Jeremy London, they were in my high school. They, um, Jason actually introduced me to my first acting teacher. And through that, I got my first real agent. And so um, basically started doing commercials in Dallas professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, got my second audition. I got a National Domino's pizza commercial, which was really interesting. And uh, But I remember at the time, this is what's interesting about that time. I remember I talked to an agent, and um, her name was Peggy Taylor. And she's a really nice lady. Peggy Taylor was a very famous agent in Dallas. And I remember I cold call her. This is before I ever got an agent. And this was my senior year of high school. And I said, I'd love to see if you will. I'll send my picture to you. Will you consider representing me? And she's very, very nice because she, she goes, young man, do you have your Screen Actors Guild card? And I'm like, uh, no, that's why I need you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, um, well, young man, you will not receive representation from a talent agent unless you have your Screen Actors Guild card. And I'm like, okay, well, how can I get my SAG card if I don't have an agent? She goes, well, that's what you have to have. And you call me when you get your card. And then she hung up. Very nice, but very matter of fact. So anyway, fortunately for me, I persisted and found an agent that would take somebody without the card. And if I had listened to her, I would never have done anything. Bottom line, don't let, don't take no for an answer in certain cases. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's how I kind of got it. I got into it uh, making home movies, and then very, very quickly, I started doing acting uh, in commercials professionally. I mean, pretty much right away. Yeah. In yeah. doubt. Yeah, and I'm very th- and I'm very thankful I was in Dallas and not in California because I think the market was a lot less competitive. I mean, there would be people from all over the country that would come try out. I mean, all over the state of Texas, which is like a country, they would come try out for these commercials. But still, it wasn't like L.A. were all over the world. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And, how- yeah, and and then you did start getting into you know like you know actually you know getting into you know feature films and making your own films you know even That's especially right. within the faith based you know war you know film world. Right. Um, you know, and in, in, in all reality, that was even before, like, you know, the big explosion of Pure Flicks and all that kind of stuff. So what was that like really getting into this whole scene really before, you know, all these more newer movies like God's Not Dead and things like that that kind of made it more established? Well, and, 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 uh, and to be quite honest, I, so I came out here in 1995 to California, and I was also working on a master's degree from Pepperdine University, which I got and um in the evening program and then i started wanting to do my own films but the first several movies i made feature films were secular they weren't actually Mm faith-based and so um i did a film called con games with eric roberts it's an action film it was released all over the world actually well in 32 countries around the world and um it was very, very much a secular film. It was rated R, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was rated R not for – there was no nudity or anything like that. It was rated R strictly for action and language, and it was a it was a throwback to 1980s type action film. So yeah. um, I really didn't start doing faith-based movies until re- more recently in the last 10 years. Okay. And I did – I've done several documentaries, and I did a, I did a feature film called One More Round – 
with uh, Kevin Sorbo's actually uh, on the wall back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Kevin Sorbo's in it, and uh, T.C. Stallings is in it, and um, who, of course, Sorbo was in God's Not Dead. Uh, and so actually, Alex Kendrick, who made uh, Facing the Giants, he made Flywheel, he made um, War Room, he made, um, gosh, Overcomer right now that's just out right now. Mm-hmm. He's made several of those Christian movies, and they've all been very, very successful. He was actually my original mentor to get into Christian films. I met him in, in, uh, right before his first film came out, 2006, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, that that that's really cool. And you know, and and I think that, you know, again, kind of like I was saying earlier, there's this perception of Hollywood that, you know, right. every, everybody's lost. It's 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 really dark and, and I feel like there there's a good section of, you know, Christians that they're just like totally turned off to that whole world. And that's and but at the same time, they do flock to a lot of faith-based films, things like God's Not yeah. Dead and some of and you know, uh what is it? I still believe in some of these, you know, newer movies. Right. And I think that that does show that there's a market for, you know, faith-based films that I think, like, companies like Universal and the big studios aren't really taking advantage of. Right, right. No, I I agree with you, and it's interesting because, you know, Alex Kendrick was one of the first people that came along to start that whole momentum going with Christian movies. And, of course, there was Passion of the Christ that that, uh, Mel Gibson did, you know, that was, like, huge. That was, like, the real, you know, big hit. But then there's these more modern type stories like um fireproof uh that kirk cameron's in mm-hmm. and uh, he's, a, he's a friend of ours and mentor of ours but yeah there's a huge market i mean it's unbelievable i mean i think also the universal is actually they're partners with pure flicks now okay ironically yeah. yeah yeah and so and so like um i think they released um if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong I believe they released God's Not Dead on 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 video or DVD as they call it, um, mm-hmm. and you know, through, through their through their uh, DVD platform. And so um, anyway, they've kind of gotten on the bandwagon. But and then Lionsgate was a partner for uh, I Still Believe. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, you know that was in theaters now with the whole COVID nineteen epidemic. Yeah, uh, it's now on you know it's on streaming on demand and you can get it for like twenty bucks. But yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I hope to be able to watch it maybe this maybe this weekend or something. But yeah. Anyway, you're you're right. It's a huge market. Um, that that being said, within that market, there's a lot of films that are you know too preachy. People might say too preachy, or they might say overdoing it or preaching to the choir. You know, and so the the idea is well. You know, like I, the film I did one more round was what you would call an overtly Christian film. And you saw it, I think you saw yes. it. Oh, yep, right. I saw it, yeah. Yeah, because cool. yeah, I believe that, and, that, was, that was streaming on, uh, was it Amazon Prime? It was, yes, it was one of right. the platforms, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon Prime now still. Mm-hmm. And it's also with Pure Flix Entertainment. They're one of our distribution partners for, for one more round on the online platform. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we've been, we were very fortunate that we got really mainstream distribution for one more round. I mean, we did every single, pretty much every single outlet with the exception of going theatrical just about. Right. So it was in Best Buy online and it was, you know, it was everywhere. And so, but now the question is, Jeff, is we have to figure out, um, for me as a filmmaker and I'm one of these people, I would rather do one movie every so often and have it be a, a movie I really believe in, and then then churn out two or three bad movies a year, like right. I know some of the filmmakers do, because <laughs> they've got to stay busy. I would rather I would rather do one movie every couple of years or three years. Hopefully not as long as I did one more. Hopefully not. Hopefully we don't wait as long 
next time as we did uh, with one more round. But question is, do we want to do more of a hardcore um, faith-based movie next, or do we want to do a film that sort of reaches a, a, a broader audience? Yeah. And as I'm really kind of struggling with that question, I'd love your thoughts. I know you're you're obviously a savvy with media. You know, you've you've been around the business a long time, and You've got all kinds of connections with with, in the, with Disney and Leonard Malton and all these people, so I mean, I love your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you know, like, like you know, it's 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 always one of my things where I feel like there there is a, there is a certain degree of a of a market for Christians being in the entertainment industry. Um, I, I almost I almost think of it like like there, there's a few bands uh, in the music world, you know, like like um, like a Switchfoot or a Switchfoot or a Skillet. Or some of these bands where they've crossed over, but they're still Christians. And I always say there, it's like instead of being a Christian band, they're a band of Christians. And I feel oh. like you know, for me, I've always thought there's kind of a market for making not necessarily a Christian film, but a film that's made by happens to be made by Christians. Um, and so you know, for me, that's always like one of those things where you know, it's like I don't really see that all all too often. Like you'll see Christians that maybe they they put out something controversial. But it's still, oftentimes, the target audience is going to be uh, is, is going to be you know Christians, and so you know it, it depends on what's you know what's the goal, what's the, what's the intention. Are we trying to get out into the world and engage with the lost, or are we trying to engage with the saved? And I think that you know it, it, a lot of it depends on the storyline of the film and that sort of thing, which I think right. also kind of like leads me to you know you know to the next question also, which is. Um, when you're looking at telling a story, because a lot of times, you know, you do writing, you do acting, you do filmmaking, yep. producing everything. When you're tr when you're looking to tell a story, what mm -hmm. what is it that you're oftentimes, you know, looking at? Are you are you coming up with a story yourself? Are you finding another good script that maybe you liked somebody else's story? Like, how do you kind of go about that process? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I'm certainly I read I read scripts. People send me scripts all the time and on a regular basis. And they would send me a whole lot more if I expressed interest in that. Um, and, and I say that humbly, not arrogantly, but just because I've made films and, you know, there's a lot of people who want to have their stories told. But I tend to come up with a general idea or a general theme or, or, or concept and then kind of write a story around that. Like the script that I sent you this past week, mm -hmm. uh, we, we, it's, the working title now is called The Price of Hope. And it was called Mercy Wars, and which that was not a very good title in my opinion. But um, now we've changed it to The Price of Hope, and it deals with human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's a faith-based, action-oriented film. Uh, and the current draft we have is more geared towards mainstream audience. Yep. And so, um, I guess, in that, to answer your question and come up with more of a general idea, what well, we want to deal with human trafficking or we want to deal with, uh, and one more round, the idea was someone's uh, a family-oriented film that deals with identity and putting your identity in Christ. And so, and one more round, it was about the scripture, the, the scripture was Proverbs 24, 16. That was the general theme in that case. A righteous man falls seven times but rises again, in part. That was the scripture. So, that actually, my wife Mindy was interviewing Kirk Cameron for um, for a, a, a Christian media association broadcast, and that statement came out of that interview, Proverbs twenty four sixteen. So that stuck with me. It's like, oh, that would make a good story around that scripture, you know? Yeah. So anyway, 
that was, for an example, that's what happened on that one um, with uh, The Price of Hope. It's like trying to do something uh, that deals with human trafficking and, and sort of in a, in a positive way. You know, and it gets people thinking about, well, how can we more better protect our children so that they don't get involved in that or so, you know, they watch out for signs of these horrible people out there that are trying to do bad stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and I, and I think that that's, that's the interesting, um, you know, kind of take on actually making films, I think, is mm -hmm. that is that you you can tell a story, but it doesn't always necessarily have to be that's like the main thing that you're dealing with because i mean obviously you know your your movie that you know, where you sent me the script it's more of like an action it's an action film you know it's right. it's, it's kind of like one, one of those kinds of you know i like compare it to like the a-team or you know uh guardians yep. of the galaxy where it's like a group you know kind of going together expendables that sort of thing right right exactly. um and but but i but i think that the the really cool thing that filmmakers can do is really take that opportunity to make that a part of the plot but maybe not necessarily like the whole movie is just about exposing that, right? right. And, and I think that sometimes Christian films in general can be very one-dimensional because they're all they're focused on is that one thing. Whereas, you know, like, like a movie like this, it's like you're making an action film and that just mm -hmm. happens to be a part of the story and you're, ra you're raising awareness without somebody thinking, I'm going to see a human trafficking movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, 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 find, I find that really interesting too. Cool. Yeah, no, I know. I, and I agree with you. I think that that's really, really important. So, I mean... What would be, in your opinion, do you do you think that? And we're having a conversation, I assume. I don't. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, do you think that the faith-based market, based on what your your knowledge of the industry, do you think it's growing, or do you think it's like dissipating? Any thoughts on that? Well, I think I, th I think I think it's definitely growing. I mean, I mean, we can clearly see that there's that there's more like bigger budget uh, faith based films that are popping out. You know, like like this this latest one that's out about uh, Jeremy Camp. There was the Mercy Me one, God's Not Dead. It's it seems like they're kind of popping out at at a pretty regular pace, and it's actually you know it's, they're packing out theaters. Um, yeah. And so and so that's that cool. that's been kind of cool to see. Um, and, then, and then the question then becomes like, what what comes next, and what's like the next you know kind of development within that space, or is it going to be spreading spreading wider with more and more faith based filmmakers and producers coming out, or is it going to be continued to be like you know kind of the the one or two main Christian studios that are just going to keep pumping out the same stuff? So it'll be interesting to really see how uh, the whole the whole faith based industry either expands or just like the same couple of guys keep popping out, you know, just more movies. So again, right. like I'm fascinated, you know, kind of, of following a lot of that kind of business side of things. Yeah, no, and me too. I'm the same way you are. I really am. I studied, I studied business and every time like Alex Kendrick has a movie come out, I study the box office, mm -hmm. like Overcomer did very, very well. I think it made, it made between, if I'm not mistaken, well, it may, I know in general it made between 30 and 40 million at the box office in the United States. That's really good. Mm -hmm. The budget on that was 5 million. Yeah. So that's, you know, you, you, you factor in the fact that the theater gets 50% of that. So let's cost, let's say it grows 40 million. So 20 million went to the theaters. So the other 20 million went back to the studio, which was Sony Affirm. So then um, Alex and them, you know, they, they made some money on that. Yeah. You know, they made some money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so it was not as successful as, say, War Room, which made like 68 million. That was his last movie before that. But nevertheless, he's got a, he's got a, you know, a formula that works for him. And you know that every time the Kendrick brothers do a film, his audience is going to go see it. Yeah. And he keeps his budget low enough to where he can make his money back and make a profit. Now, now I understand from what he told me when I talked to him is that 
they fund their own movies. They don't have to go to investors. You know, they don't have to, you know, before when they first were starting, people donated money to the church and then the church would, you know, then they would allow them to, to make their films. Now that then now they have enough money, they can fund their own multi-million dollar films, which to me is a place to be. Oh yeah. You know, that, that's the goal, yeah. you know? So, yeah. um, well, you know, and, and also too, I think with them, they kind of have that, that Disney effect to a certain degree within the Christian world where like, yeah. like for example, with Disney, people will go see a movie and that maybe they've never heard of, but they see the name Disney up there, and they think, okay, that's gonna be that's gonna be a movie that I'm that I like. I'm gonna go see that, right? And they feel like they can bring their kids to it. They know exactly what to expect when Disney puts out a film, right? And I feel right. like I feel like with them, it's the same kind of thing, maybe just in a different way. But you know, they have their built-in audience that are loyal to them, and they know I like them, so thus I'm gonna like the content that they put out. Um, and that's something that I feel like is kind of unique to a certain degree within, you know, business in general, but that kind of brand loyalty as opposed mm -hmm. to just like this film looks good, but that film doesn't and making it about the film. They're making it about almost like about themselves and their branding. And I think that, that that's an interesting way to go about it too. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And you and I have talked about that. You and I have talked about the possibility of how we could potentially collaborate on some projects together. And I think that, you know, you and I come from that same type of mindset of wanting to kind of create a brand so that when people, you know, watch our film, uh, when the new movie comes out, they're going to want to see it based on it's a type of brand, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes, do we want to, and this is a question we can ask ourselves even now, do we want to focus more on, you know, mainstream uh, films that have a faith-based sort of overtone but are not overtly Christian per se, or do we want to kind of keep it, you know, preaching to the choir and hope we catch a few people on the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and see, you know, what, what's interesting to me is like when, when we look at, and you and I have talked about this before too, but when you look at the, when you look at secular movies, right? right. Like, like what, what the, we look at their strategy because almost mm -hmm. every single one of them is pushing a narrative. Almost every single one of them is put, pushing like a leftist, anti-God, atheistic kind of agenda. And I think right. that the thing that is fascinating to me is that the way that they do it is they always make it, a, make it a part of the subplot or like a secondary issue. But in order for the film to make sense, you have to assume that that subplot is true. So whether, whether you know, I always, I always use the example of like global warming. You know, there's plenty of movies about environmentalism and things like that. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of that movie was that Matt Damon was in where he they, they figured out how they could shrink themselves in order to, in order to protect the world from global warming. And uh, what was it? Downsize me or downsizing? Oh, yeah, yeah, Something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yes. And yep. uh, and you know, and so in I order for, in order for that film to make sense, you have to believe for two hours that global warming is true. Wow. And and mm. to a certain degree, it's almost a it's almost a um, like a brainwashing technique to a certain degree. Um, uh -huh. And and so like for two hours, you assume that that's true. If you're going and seeing like movies all the time that could maybe mess with people's minds. And maybe that's also part of why people are going more left and more progressive is that they're continually being reinforced. This is true. This is true. This is true in order for a film to make sense or a TV show to make sense. And so then I'm like, well, well, why don't Christians, instead of just saying, like taking a movie, not to throw them under the bus, but take them, take a movie like God's Not Dead, where it's very overt, very out there, you know, that sort of thing, as opposed to tell a fun story, tell a good story, 
but then the undertones are coming with conservative values or Christian values or things like that. Like in order to assume or in order to make sense of a film, you have to assume that God is real. You have mm. to assume that capitalism works. You have to assume these sorts of things mm. as opposed to making it the overt in your face um, this is what this film is all about. I feel like, you know, that way also too, you maybe be getting some non-Christians that are coming to see the films and then, and then they're like, you know what, that was a really cool film. But then the more, you, the more they see these kinds of things, the more that maybe they'd come around and be more open to a lot of our ideas. I don't know. It's just a it's random good. theory I've got. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good theory. It's a good theory. So what would be an example of that? Would you, would you be able to say, I mean, if you can think of one offhand, uh, meaning, uh, somebody who's like promoting like a conservative value. Well, no, no, no. So, yeah. so a, a film that like what you're describing that would have a modern film that you know mm -hmm. an example of what you just described, for example. Yeah. Well, like, um, let's see. Uh, there was the movie, the the second Captain America movie. I thought I thought was really interesting. So okay. obviously, the the main pitch and the and the main selling point of that is it's a superhero movie. So you're going to see action. You're going to see Captain America. You're you're going to see all that kind of stuff. But then the the subplot that maybe they weren't necessarily selling in the trailer for the movie, but that they were uh, that was you know the main you know plot of the film was was dealing with a big government and overstep of of boundaries by the government in spying on people, on listening in on their phone conversations, on you know pretty much everything that we're seeing the government do today, you know, and and so yeah. in that in order to in order to make sense of that film, you have to assume that that's wrong of the government to do mm. because the villains were the ones that were doing it, right? That was a conservative mm. value right. that was a part of the uh, part of the plot, but that wasn't the reason people were going to see, they weren't going to see a movie about big government listening in on people's phone conversations. They were going to see a movie about Captain America, but then what he was fighting for was protecting people from this big government ide idealism, I guess you would call it. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think that would that might be like an example of, of kind of like what I'm talking about there. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah, no, that's a very good example. That's a very good example. And I guess The Blind Side was a, a recent mm -hmm. example. Well, that was several years ago. Yeah. That had sort of, you know, faith-based ideas, but wasn't like overtly Christian. Right. It was hugely successful. Oh yeah, and, and I think and I think again, like that that kind of shows that again there there is a market for a lot of these kinds of films, and right. but but then also too there there was there's been some failure some some failures by some of like the big studios like the the um you know the, the main studios everybody's heard of Warner Brothers Universal all that kind of stuff like when they came out there was the movie about. Uh, Moses. There was the movie about like Noah's Ark that came out pretty recently. But then they yeah. come in and they make those quote unquote faith based films. But then they make it so like anti God and a from an atheistic perspective and things like that. And it turns people off. And I think that they were kind of surprised that why didn't people come see a movie about Noah's Ark? Well, you you took away God. And then you made him get high on a mountaintop, and that was what gave him the vision to make Noah's Ark. Slightly, you slightly changed things, you know. And you know, <laughs> they rewrote a few things there. Yeah, it just took a little creative life. Just a little bit, and, and there were there was rock people in them. Like it was, it was very, it was very strange. All right. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, you're bringing, you're bringing back. That's a very good example because I actually saw that movie at a private screening at Paramount Studios, uh, and my wife and I did, and uh, before it came out, and. Um, and and the guy the guy the guy who greenlit it was was there. He spoke afterwards, and I remember seeing this. And this is crazy. I can't believe that that this would even be, you know, released because it was nothing. It was like what you're saying. It was it was clearly the studio trying to capitalize on 
on our market, the faith-based market. I say ours. We make, you know, we've, I've made Christian movies, and without really being sincere. And I think even the director, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually an atheist, as you, I think, mm-hmm. as you suggest. So, yeah. Yeah. And so whatever he made his film, you know, but it was a huge flop. I think it, you know, I think it cost like over a hundred million to make or whatever. And, um, by the time it maybe grossed that much money, but it certainly didn't net that much money Yeah, from what I read. Right. So yeah, that, I th- it, and I, and, and I think there were like two people in the theater that when it came out in our hometown here, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. I, I, you know, it, it was one of those things where I remember, I remember f- at first seeing like the first trailer for it. And in the beginning I was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, this, this, this is interesting. Like they're taking on this topic or whatever it is. And then I saw the second trailer and I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be nuts. And then, uh, and then I find, I finally was able to like watch it. I think I watched it on like on a plane or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, oh man, the, the, the theology in this thing is just insane. Um, but you know, you know, but I think that that kind of, that kind of shows maybe to a certain degree, some of the mentality and thought process from secular filmmakers um, and, 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 and I wonder to a certain degree if, and maybe you could tell me like your experience, like in, in the Hollywood world as well, like, do you mm-hmm. feel like mainstream Hollywood is very anti-Christian or do you feel Generally. like, yeah, it, it, or, or do you feel like it's just like pragmatically they're only surrounded by other people that aren't Christian so that it, they just doesn't make sense to them? Like, do you, are they hostile or is it just they're ignorant? Uh, well, I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, um, that's maybe maybe uh, maybe a little bit of both, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, I've been out, I've been in, I've been in Hollywood since I was in my early twenties, um, and um, collectively about eighteen years mm-hmm. in in where I've lived in Los Angeles County, and been a part of, you know, where I have a talent agent. You know, that's uh, I have you know I interact with all kinds of entertainment related people. And so I have a sense for it. Um, and I would say that in general, people out here don't tend to believe in God. It's mm-hmm. almost an offense when you bring up God or if yeah. you say, oh, oh, I might, if something good happens to me, <clears throat> I, from the Bible Belt, I'm from Texas, and, and I say, oh, praise the Lord. Something good happens to me. Oh, praise the Lord. They look at you like, I just uttered an obscenity. What are you saying? You praise the Lord. No, we don't. We don't. You know, that's offensive to me. You know, that's their attitude. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in general, they're not open to it really at all. And so the um, there's a few people who are, you know, and so I learned a long time ago that if I was going to make Christian movies, I just make my own movie. And I really couldn't care less what anybody thinks. (laughs) I really don't. I go I, I find people that will support the vision that I have at that time. And this, I had the same idea in mind when I was making my secular movies. If I get an idea in mind that I want to do a film about abuse of power in the prison system, which I did con games, Eric Roberts was in it. Martin Cove, who was in the Karate Kid films originally, and now he's doing the YouTube series, uh, Martin Cove, who is the the evil sensei. Mm -hmm. And um, Basically, they were in the film with me, and so, but it was very, very specific about abuse of power in the prison system, and it was R-rated, lots of action, lots of bad language. But I, I went out and and found friends who would support that idea. So I do the same thing now with my Christian films. I don't care what anybody thinks. I just, you know, I, I mean, I respect people's thoughts, but that's what I do. 
So yeah, yeah. I, I, I think worried about if these people have a bad. If they don't support God, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. And I and I feel I feel like to a certain degree. Maybe that I wonder if to a certain degree, maybe that's why a lot this is kind of like missing out out of Hollywood in general is bring in my uh, my hey there. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Not not too bad. So glad glad to see you again. So so you you were you've been in, you know, movies together. And I know your daughter, your daughter was in, you know, uh, one more round as well. What was it like actually making a film together? Please take it. We totally enjoyed it. It was a really quick shoot, an independent film. Sometimes you have to work within a certain budget, and we did just that. So we were having maybe one to three takes. and But working together, it was a lot of fun. And Jeremy London, of course, he's a very seasoned actor, and that was super fun working with him. And... We enjoyed the family experience, and I actually heard from a woman who had lost a child, and it really meant a lot to her specifically to see our family working together and ministering to other people, hopefully, through that effort. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool because we, you know, we've received, because of the distribution of that movie, the, because it really did get out there, um, we've received all kinds of messages on social media. Most of them nice, not too many hate messages. But um, <laughs> just saying, you know, thank you for making this movie, even though it was a very low budget film. Still, the message was very, very loud and clear. And yeah. so it was about, you know, overcoming. It was about getting back up. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, and, and, I th- and I think that the the other interesting thing about, you know, kind of like making a film like as a family, like a lot of times you oftentimes don't see that you might see like the husband go off and do one thing the wife you know might be acting in another film and that sort of thing but i think it was really cool to see you guys actually working like all together on a project as like a family unit um Mm -hmm. instead of just everybody kind of off doing their own little thing to a certain degree thank you yes for the first two decades tom pretty much did that sort of because it's not uh the way that hollywood works in terms of working with family. If you do, it's somewhat of a nepotism thing like Will Smith and his son or something where, okay, that's acceptable. But uh, but yeah, by the way, I did meet him once. I yeah. was hitting golf balls and it was so cool because I looked up and I was like, oh my word, the legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> he's like, hey, how's it going? And I said, good. You know, he's, I said, how are you doing? He said, well, I'd be doing a lot better if I could hit the ball like you. I was like, yes. <laughs> that was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 because you, you, you've done some acting, like, as well, and that sort of thing. Do you feel like there's, there, that there's, with be, being a Christian, do you feel like, for you, that there's been difficulty in the, in the entertainment world, or do you feel like you've been in the right kind of path for uh, the direction that you've gone? Well, let me, can I just interject real quick? Of I'll course. just introduce you to Mindy real quickly. Mindy, uh, her, her career was a broadcast journalist. Her very first interview ever when she was still in college was with O.J. Simpson, and uh, at his Brentwood mansion. And then she went on to have a career at, at uh, for NBC, CBS, UPN affiliates. And then her very first acting audition she ever went out on ever was for The West Wing, which was a very popular show on NBC. It was an Emmy Award winning show. And she, she her very first audition ever, she got it. She got mm-hmm. the part. Very cool. And she went out at Warner Brothers. She filmed at Warner Brothers. She had her own trailer. I had to go down there and get special permission to get on the lot to see my wife. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, we had a lot of exchanges with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in those days because he would have a get-together at his restaurant called Shotzi's, mm -hmm. if you are familiar with that. It was in Santa Monica, close to where his production office was, and I think still is to this day. And that was kind of when he was uh, known pretty much to be on top of the Hollywood game, A-list and whatever. But yeah, we've had a lot of interactions with uh, people in entertainment and a lot of temptations to go down a very compromising road and risk it all for fame and fortune and whatever. But really, if you don't have your soul, then what do you have? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, how, so how has it been as a Christian in this industry, I guess, because because you know you know again there's there's the perception that everybody always has looking in, of you know it's either impossible or you know everybody's compromising or you know things like that. Like how how is it actually you know being in the entertainment world but still keeping true to your faith? Yeah, one of the gatherings that we go to pretty much on a normal basis is Ted Bear, and Ted Bear is the president of the Movie God Awards. And we just love hanging out over there because it's always a time of Christian fellowship. And he also does a script writing class, which is very mm -hmm. beneficial for a lot of people all around the country fly in and attend his uh, brief course. And what he knows is how to succeed in Hollywood without losing your soul because he wrote a book called that. And so we can try to, you know, stay in those types of circles. If you don't have your core support mm -hmm. as a Christian, if you don't, you know, Jesus sent people out two by two. Hey, here we are, two by two. <laughs> hey, and we're still standing. That's a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> or in this case, we're sitting. But well, we're... <laughs> okay, that's right. But, uh, no. but in other words, you know, people are ripped apart all the time in Hollywood. And really, it's a God thing that we're still together because there have been a lot of things that have tried to tear us apart. But we, we you know, finding the core support, really, what do you have time for? Four or five really close friends but then also as a couple, you want to click with a couple and that you have that like-mindedness and, and you get excited about being around these people or this sort of thing. Um, and, you know, and we've been together. We've been married over 24 years to give a little bit of perspective. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. so I say yeah. this year I'm going to see the silver lining to this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. There is silver lining right, because, right. you know, it's challenging um, being being married there. I mean, you guys have been married a long time yourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we've been we've been together since 2000, been married since 2011, together since 2005. So, yeah, it's been, been a little bit. Right. Yeah. Years. I mean, yes. especially especially out in California. I mean, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame yeah. out here. Hey, Tom was telling me, oh, OK, well, Tom Cruise, you know, that was when he was married, I think, to Nicole Kidman and they had given it a long run. And uh, but then that was over. And so then Tom was like, OK, well, Arnold and Maria are a good example. And then, and, you know, that. Yeah, uh, I keep yeah. trying to find these that different celebrities that are good examples. But one by one, they all get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Which, 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 which a lot of times, you know, like that comes back to also that the, they just have a different mentality and right. they're, they're not they're not grounded in the same faith that we have, you know. And so, you know, with us, you know, we do have the Bible. We've got God's word. We've got our faith and that sort of thing that helps keep us grounded that for whatever reason, a lot of people in the entertainment world in Hollywood just don't have. And I feel like that that's probably evidenced by the fact that there is, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of divorce. Almost everybody gets divorced in Hollywood. It's pretty crazy. Right. Yeah, it's very attractive to want to be tapped into your feelings and be able to emote on camera the way that so many people are so talented. However, 
if if you're giving all your life, so to speak, to uh, to your work, do you work to live or do you live to work? And I think a lot of people in California, they're so good at what they do because they live to work. It is crazy out here just to buy a home, raise a family, whatever you're, you know, the simple life is really not so simple in California sometimes. But I really admire people that are tapped into their feelings. But like what you're saying, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things according to first john 227 which i just read today it's all about how you're anointed for this you know for what god is teaching you you don't need a teacher we don't need a a guru we don't need somebody on a platform or on a stage like in the 80s you know there was we always had to have somebody that was up there telling us and and i love that reminder yeah yeah now now for, for for you guys like uh what have what have been some of your biggest uh influences in films like what are the things that because i know uh, tommy you had mentioned a few you know early on that you know like star wars and and uh rocky four and some of that stuff like back in the day but like what are some of your guys's like main influences uh you know film wise and some of your favorite your favorite films you guys like to watch What's your favorite movie? Yeah, well, when I found out about alex kendrick of course the kendrick brothers a lot of us know who they are now but Back in the day, we watched Flywheel, which was his first movie, and then we met him at a Biola film conference, actually, uh, many years ago. And so I love, of course, his films. Um, T.C. Stallings was, of course, in one of our movies, or one more round, and then he was in War Room, which made about more than $100 million worldwide, of course. And God's Not Dead, Kevin Sorbo, was in our movie. And that made more than a hundred million. Believe it or not, our, we were filming right in between when those two were filming, and so we had no idea. Good timing. And yeah. uh, I thought, okay, we're that being sandwiched us. in the middle. Where's our hundred million? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We want to give to the world and all these things. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any secular movies that you would uh, that you've seen recently? Yeah. So okay, back to movies. Um, <clears throat> I love the Mr. Rogers film that just came out. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's an incredible depiction of a Christian movie mm-hmm. because it's about relationship. And I love how they just slowed it all down and brought it into this one man story. Did you see it? I have not seen that yet. It's, it's on my list oh, of movies I got to see. Okay, yeah. yeah. Really good. Let us know you when you do. You guys would like it, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. Seen it? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, y'all, do y'all watch a lot of movies or? Uh, a lot of times we wait until it. Uh, a lot of times we wait till it comes out on, um, you know, like on Netflix or you know something like that. Um, okay. You usually we, especially too, because movies have gotten so expensive to go to the theaters. Um, yep. You know, like like over here, like our local theater, it's like you know fifteen twenty bucks to go see a movie, and it's like when we could just wait for it to come out on our ten dollar a month Netflix bill. You know, and so um, and oftentimes they come out so quickly too. Um, True. So, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely it's definitely on my list of movies I want to see. I love independent films that have the heart, that have the message, and that's what we got to make. And then also being able to do that on a studio level. Uh, I think that uh, the message can be shortchanged, something as you know through action and whatever. But, um, but yeah, obviously there's pure flicks out there that's got some good ones. Um, and I think just being deliberate about what you're going to watch, and as they used to sing in Sunday school, right? Be careful what your eyes, you know, yeah. see. Be careful what your little ears hear, and everything. And I think that putting those guards on, especially now. But you know what's interesting? Can I just say about the coronavirus Yeah, real quick? go for it. Okay, thank you, because I've been wanting to say this somewhere. <laughs> but you know, what if we were all like 
like this on high alert about about what a lot of Bible people call sin because it's in the Bible. What, what is sin? It's not it's not like being condemned, you know. You're, a lot of times in the Catholic faith, there can be a, such a sense of condemnation about that, uh, at least for me, sometimes. Um, but I love that uh, that that it's more Christian now a lot, a lot for Catholics and there's spirit-filled Catholics too. So that's great. But I did grow up half, half Catholic, so I can totally say that. But um, the coronavirus, you know, it, the parallel of sin. And what if we were all on high alert and prayed up and walking in, you know, just power and victory and joy and just squash those things that are of the enemy. And the message that can get diluted is that God sent the sickness. And that's what... You know, I hate it when somebody has the wrong idea about me. I just, mm, I can't stand that. I want to, you know, I want to say, no, that's not it. This is it. And yeah. so then when somebody, it's kind of like I feel, I get my feelings hurt. If, if somebody believes the wrong thing about God and how good he is and that he is a healer and he's come to heal and protect and love and all these things. And, uh, you know, that's what we stand against in a way is the, the devil who was the first one to sin, the first one to rebel, even before Adam and Eve. And so just coming back to the heart of, um, of what we believe and standing in that all the time, whether there's coronavirus or not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that just dealing with the coronavirus uh, you know, situation itself is an interesting um, is an interesting kind of exposure to our daily lives of are are we are we preparing every day or are we only waiting until something bad happens and I think that that's something that is this has been a big reminder for both on the physical level and the spiritual level of you know for example I'm, I guarantee you a lot more people are praying today than were than there, than there was about two months ago you know yeah, and it's like. Sure. Have you have you been in the Word? Have you have you been praying? Or are you just waiting until there's a crisis? And mm. and I think that that's something that a lot of us that are saved and that were you know that are Christians, if we were in God's Word and praying on a regular basis, I don't I don't think that you know we'd have as much like freaking out over this because we'd be trusting. Hey, God's in control. Like we know that because we just read that in His Word. We've been praying. We've been aligning ourselves with God's will and that sort of thing. Um, and I think that the same goes on the physical level too. Like. We should all be washing our hands. We should all, you know, be taking those kinds of like precautions and things like that on a regular basis. It shouldn't just be when coronavirus is going rampant. I think there's that kind of parallel that kind of reflects each other a little bit too. Right. <clears throat> Even cleanse your hearts. You know, it's like cleanse, cleanse your hands, cleanse your hearts, cleanse your mouths, and um, you know, <laughs> just just sort of walk in that purity. I think I think Hollywood's really searching a lot of the. Uh, the darkness, you know, is, comes from, I think, searching, a searching spirit. But we really do have that answer. And I can really see in these times, like Elijah said, he said, look again, because, uh, I mean, God said to Elijah, because the rain was coming and the rain is coming and it's revival in our country. And we have to have the the foresight, you know, to see that the prophetic that really only comes from that relationship of what you're talking about. You're the Bible expert, but what you're talking about is keeping also the lamps filled. Remember or the 10 virgins or mm-hmm. something in the Testament? Yeah. What is that about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like, like that, that was basically talking about this exactly of, of you know, there, there, there were, um, you know, they were waiting for uh, the bridegroom to come. They weren't ready. They fell asleep. They didn't have oil in their lamps. 
And then the ones that did, you know, essentially went into the kingdom. The ones that didn't, you know, they had to go out and buy it. And then they came back where they were already locked out because they weren't prepared. They weren't, they weren't ready. They weren't, you know, going through their daily steps ahead of time. They were waiting until it was too late. And um, again, it's it's a great parallel and a great visual for uh, for what we're seeing today. And I think like I like what you were saying too is of like people in Hollywood. I think they're searching, and I think that that's why a lot of times they can go down a lot of these extreme roads or dark roads and things like that. Is there is that they're searching for that that somebody something to fill that void. And mm-hmm. and there and I think that that's that's where we should be able to be light shining in darkness. Of yeah. we've yeah. we've got the answer. Um, as of, as opposed to, you know, searching for all these extreme ways to fill it. And clearly it never gets filled. And that's, 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 that's the sad thing about when you see a lot of these stories. That's right, Jeff. Yeah. That's really true. So where do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see like that, that, that's the thing is it's like, you know, it takes, it takes people take, you know, stepping up and actually taking action, you know, takes people like, you know, and the one thing that I've been talking about a lot with a lot of different people that have been guests on, on my show right here is 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 the fact that the culture is going so far anti-god less an indictment on our society and more an indictment on our church for not actually being light shining in darkness like we're i i don't oftentimes see a whole lot of christians actually going and preaching the gospel and being a light shining in darkness in hollywood i don't see them as often in the in the entertainment world which is why it's cool that you know see that you guys are actually out there making films and and doing something uh, right. To get the message out there, um, I, you know, because I feel like we can sit back as Christians, we can complain. Hollywood's so dark; they're so anti-God. You know, they're despicable. I want nothing to do with them. But maybe if we had more believers in there that were actually, you know, doing the right thing with the right message and that sort of thing, maybe that would change a little bit. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the human heart is uh, the human heart, right? We're we're wretched, so to speak, and. Uh, and desperately wicked yeah desperately wicked so i mean i think once once you really have a hold of that for your own self then you can say boy i sure need i need somebody to save me from myself and Mm -hmm. there is someone that became human but he was god right and so that's where how to but how do i connect with that if it seems far away or distant or and even in when you're walking, I think in faith, it's like, okay, I was feeling so strong, and now where is that? But, but again, we don't go by feelings, so it's it's uh, getting a vision. And I believe right now, a lot of people, I felt an unction for 30 days just over the weekend to, for the next 30 days to press in, pray and fast, you know, because um, hard things come out through praying and fasting. And so it's a deliberate um, seeking for your your own personal breakthrough and connection, maybe writing, uh, you know, a few goals down that you want to see happen and then speaking the scripture yourself during this time, during the next 30 days and seeing if you get your breakthrough, you know, because what is uh, he says, come and taste, you know, and see, see if I'm good see if the Lord is good. And then anybody can come to the table, you know. I think that I forget that a lot of times when I'm in pain, like, oh, you know, I kind of shrink back. But I had a friend remind me, no, when you're in pain, that's when you should run to God and know 
that he yeah. will be a friend in time of need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and, and that's kind of like going along with uh, with the story of the prodigal son, too, is like, you know, we were just talking about how it is important to be in your daily walk with God and praying and, re and being in God's word and that sort of thing. But even if we're not, if we come running back to him, he's still going to be there, you know, as as if we've been there the whole time. He's going to welcome us back. He's not going to hold the past against us and that sort of thing. And that's that's the really mm -hmm. cool thing about God that. A lot. I wish. I wish more people <laughs> had that mentality too. But it's 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 great that God, you know, does that for us. Is that even when we're in sin, even when we forget to pray, whatever it is, we just come right back. It's like we've always been there. Yeah, and the re the redemption, the redeeming of all things. It's like no matter what a, a mess I create, whatever kind of mess I create or have been in. For example, Adam and Eve in the perfect garden. And God was like, okay, just don't eat from that tree because I want to know you love me. Okay, I want to feel you, <laughs> right? And yet, it, what did we do? We ate from the tree because, you know, it's, he must be keeping something from us. There must right. be something out there that's good that's not of him. And so then Jesus came to redeem all those lost things. And uh, I think that's what we got to reach out and get a hold of for ourselves. And then when we get a hold of them for ourselves, then we can influence like what you're saying, our country and Hollywood. And yeah. but if, if that's why it's so important when you like you're an influencer to yep. stay in your core support. And we need to stay in our core support because you have to stay strong yeah. when uh, there's so many battles that people don't really know to make a Christian movie because, you know, it's a lot of prayer and a lot of enemies coming at you and a lot of those ites. I mm -hmm. from the Old Testament, you know. Yeah. Well, and and that and that's the thing too is like that I've learned about about being in the Hollywood world is that there's always people that, uh, for lack of a better word, lack, for lack of a better word, word, they're out to screw you. They're out to you know take advantage of you. They're out to just make a buck. And you know, there's a lot of dishonesty, and I, and it's and it's crazy. Like even even Christians that I know, I mean, everybody that I talk to, it's you know, they always they always have a story. Somebody's out to get them, and I think that that's where it really does take a lot of prayer, a lot of trust, and going forward, and you know, and also learning like who can you trust, and that's part of the difficult side of being, I think, in California and in the Hollywood world and the entertainment industry is that it's so hard to know who to trust, and that's why it's so important to have people there to you know either keep you accountable to help encourage you people that you can trust in you know making stuff and that sort of thing and i think that that that's really uh important to have as well so it's yeah. almost impossible to find good people that's mm. why we like you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we've we've had uh we've had our shirt stolen so to speak mm -hmm. uh you know i mean but um hope is on the way and we're all going to see the uh what do you call it the restitution from things that have been stolen hopefully sooner than later <laughs> yeah I, I think that there's a, a sense of um people people out here there's a lot of people in in, in california and hollywood that, that can see nice people coming a mile mm. away uh -huh. and they almost have an antenna up oh this person looks like he would be he or she would be easy to take advantage of if you look at that movie bombshell is it bombshell it just it was in we, mm -hmm. we saw that did you see the movie bombshell i have not seen that one either it's 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 on, it's, it's, it's on my it's on my queue yeah it's very, very dark. It, well, it has a lot of dark uh, uh, tones to it, but it's interesting because I don't want to spoil it for you, but but let me tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but but that's what it deals with is 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 the power person taking advantage of people who want to have a career. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect example, and that's in the news business. 
but it happens here in California. Yeah, yeah and I can relate with a lot of it, uh, you know. And, uh, and then with the Harvey Weinstein case, of course, he was convicted and put into prison. And that yeah. has just, I think, rattled Hollywood. And probably a lot of guys are thinking, oh, thank God nobody's coming after me. <laughs> no, yeah. Just, yeah, well, well, well Hopefully not a lot. Right. <laughs> well, we'll see. And, and that, that that was the interesting thing, too, about, uh, you know, like w one of our favorite places to eat up in uh, the Hollywood area. We would go we would go there. It was like our favorite soup, you know, up there on the Sunset Strip. Right. We'd go in there. They'd always have to, you know, cart us because, you know, it's it's like a bar and a restaurant, you know, when you're going in. And the guy was like checking my ID. And and, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, how's it going? You know, being nice or whatever. He's like you're not from around here, are you? And I'm like, all huh. I was doing was saying like, hi, how are you? And all of a sudden that was the clue that I'm not from around there. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting yes. that that's, that's, okay. it was that obvious being in Hollywood. That's kind of an indictment on, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> right, that's funny, that's and well. I have been deliberate these last days, like literally if somebody's walking on the street, I'm like, hi, yeah. and, and people love to be smiled into. They love to know that you acknowledge their presence. And way to go! Keep doing yeah, it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so then, like with, with you guys, like I, I know, uh, you know, you know, I, I know you sent me, you know, your script. You're look, you're looking at making, you know, another film and that sort right. of thing. So, like when 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 you guys are like looking forward to. Uh, the direction that you guys want to go are you are you guys um, are you guys looking at doing more things together are you looking at you know kind of like each of you guys are doing your own projects like what's what's up for you guys kind of moving forward I mean I think it depends I'm gonna have to move reposition <laughs> um, I think it depends on the project and um, I think uh, with that particular project there's there's certainly a role that she could play and I think I, I mean I would like her to be involved, um, and so I think she's she's also involved with she's get, currently getting her master's degree from Pepperdine University, mm -hmm. and so um, anyway I think there's a lot of good yeah things. I'm also writing uh, writing a book currently and um, it basically has to do with being aborted as a teen and I believe it's a prevalent message right now because um, not only are there abortions but there are parents. That's what I experienced, um, that though your mother and father forsake you, I will never leave you. That's my story, basically, mm -hmm. is that as a teenager, um, my parents got on with their life, and the door was shut behind them, and but I was on the other side of the door. So um, when you're left behind like that, it's, it's so traumatic to pick up the pieces and to learn how to do. But some, some for some reason... God said, okay, I can take that story and I'm going to take it into people in Hollywood that are broken and hurt and have, can identify basically with that real pain mm -hmm. um, and what it takes to continue to march forward um, when you have experienced that type of hardship. And a lot of, we're all in it now, right now with the type of hardship, right. but some of us are so used to it that it's like, um, hey, this is what I'm used to here. Where's yeah. the war? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and that that's really cool that you are taking the opportunity to actually, you know, write a book like that and actually, you know, tell your story and that sort of thing. Because it's a lot of times it's really easy for people to talk about things like that. But it, when you're actually telling your story, it, it's it's a way to connect with you. And there's if you feel like there's somebody else that's gone through it. Um, and I feel like that's why a lot of people 
like there a lot of times their favorite movies are the movie that they connect to because they they feel like they can relate to that character or what that person went through and that sort of thing and that's the really cool i think the really cool thing about storytelling in general whether it's a true story you telling your, the story of your life or you know telling somebody else's story or making up a story is it something that people can relate to and then they can start going through their mind like you know, hey, you know, could I, you know, should I do something different in, my, in the f uh, future decisions? Um, you know, you start reevaluating your life. And I think I think that that's a really important thing to, you know, constantly be doing. So I really commend you for taking the time to, you know, actually, you know, put that down in writing. Because um, I know that that can be difficult, too. You've written some books, too, I think, right? Yeah, we actually uh, just came out with, with our book uh, called Social Injustice. Uh, I've got it around here somewhere, but yeah, like but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, so th this is, this is the book here. It's called Ooh, social cool. injustice. I'll make sure you, I get you guys a copy too. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, basically the premise of that one is, is I got like 12 different authors together and we all, uh, we all took a different, uh, you know, topic within the issue of social justice and compared it with scripture, uh, you know, to see how it lines up. And, you know, and I think that, um, you know, for us, it, for me personally, it, it was a really cool experience to actually go through the whole publishing process from beginning to end. You, you learn a lot when you're, when you're publishing a book and I'm sure you can relate, you know, actually making a movie like a lot of times, like you don't think about every single detail that you got to do in order to get there. I thought I'd be able to publish the book in about three months. It took me like nine months to be able to put, put together from start to finish. Wow. So, um, it's, it's definitely been a learning experience, but it, it's cool That's to be, it, it's cool to go through the whole process and then get to the other side and like, look, we actually accomplished something. We got, we got something out there and it's, it's, it's a pretty cool experience that I'm sure you guys experienced too, making your films. Yeah, no, we have. It's, but no, that's great. I'd love to read that. And yeah. it's like what you're saying. No matter what you have been birthed with, so to speak, and that you have to have be in labor for, um, this is a good time for those uh, for those people who have had been carrying around a full-term pregnancy with a dream or something mm -hmm. to dig in their heels and use the time wisely right now and um, hopefully uh, come out ahead when this thing is over. Does that make sense? Make, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and so, you know, I, I think as, as we're kind of wrapping up too, it's like, you know, when, when you guys are, um, if you guys wanted to be able to share something with, uh, with people that may be watching this, whether it's like encouragement, you know, because everybody's sitting at home, coronavirus, everybody's, you know, separate from each other. You're not, like in California, I don't even think you're allowed to, you know, not even allowed to interact with people outside of your immediate household. It's a whole different ball game. So w with you guys, like, you know, if you could leave like an encouraging word for somebody, what, what would that be? Go ahead, Mindy. <laughs> hmm, an encouraging word. I would say that in Isaiah 41, uh, God is very specific uh, with this word. He says, hope is on the way. Hope is on the way. So when you turn to the Lord and you ask him something specific, then you stand on his promise. Speak out his promise. That's what I encourage you to do. This is the year of the mouth. It's in the, on the Hebrew calendar. It's the year 5780. And that means uh, basically in Hebrew, it's the year of the mouth. So declare his promises out of your mouth. If you need healing, apply that balm. If you need a dream to come to pass, you know, in Proverbs, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And, you know, that can bring so much hope to just to your own spirit mm -hmm. and continue to pray in the Holy Spirit and edify yourself in, uh, in your most holy faith. Good. If Very God's good. for you, who can be against you? Exactly. You know? This is a tough time, but God's for us. We just got to kind of hang in there and, and stay focused 
and um, stay off the street. Allowing him in just a little bit. See, we don't want to close him out. That's that's the whole thing. Just allow him in just a little bit. Taste and see if he is good. Just come come after him and see if he's good. And then when he proves himself, give him all the glory. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. So well, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and we can have this conversation. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to do it again, uh, you know, sometime in the future. I, and it's all, it's always an interesting conversation when you're dealing with like entertainment, but then Christians that are in entertainment, it's just a whole different kind of conversation. So it was really cool to have you guys on. Uh, so if Thank people, you. if people want to, you know, follow you guys, cause I know you're on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. What's the best way for uh, them to do that? Um, well, I'm on Facebook. I mean, just my name, Tommy Lee Thomas. Uh, and then do you have a, and I'm connected to him. So, um, or Mindy Thomas. Yeah. You have a Twitter account. Don't you have a Twitter? I account? got a Twitter out there. Um, it tweets at me every once in a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but okay. I think, oh, it's Mindy at Mindy Charlotte. I believe. Mindy yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. Mindy Charlotte yeah. So, so you can see my appearance on entertainment tonight. There you from, go. Yeah, the OJ interview. Yeah, very, yeah. very, very cool. And then, and then, if people want do want to watch any any of your films, I know, I know that we had mentioned earlier, you know, one more round is on Amazon Prime and things like that. Is that is that the best way to be able to, uh, you know, see some of your work? Correct. Amazon. Uh, one more round is currently on Amazon Prime. It's also on Pure Flix Entertainment on their streaming platform. We had uh, another film that was on Netflix a few years ago. It's not currently on there, and, and that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, look forward to uh, making more films in the future and, uh, and and her book coming out hopefully soon. We can't wait to see you again, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Same, thanks same. for having me. Of course, same here. And and thanks for uh, coming on. And then for everybody else that's watching as well, if you guys want, want more information on anything that we're doing over here, you guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com. Uh, you know, we've got blogs, uh, podcasts, you know, the whole deal. And um, and yeah, I really enjoy everybody tuning on, tuning in. Uh, we're gonna take a, take a break for the weekend. We're gonna be back on Monday with uh, Mindy Robinson talking politics. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, I'm sure that that conversation will be a free for all. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys tune in on Monday, uh, 12 o'clock Pacific time, and uh, right here on Facebook. And uh, yeah, we shall see you guys then. Bye.